Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash, and this is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We've got a great guest all the way from Georgia. Welcome to the show, Stacey Rossetti. Hi, how are you? Great to have you here. Well, Stacey, we've got to know each other a little bit and got to know a little bit about some of what you're doing in the realm of self-storage. Why don't you give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey? I've been investing in real estate for over 10 years now. I got into real estate on the upturn right outside the bubble, which was like the best time ever. And I totally missed those times. And uh, as I, I, what I did is I wholesaled and rehabbed for a lot of that time. And then in 2015 is when I started looking outside of rehabbing because I was just getting tired of it. And that's when I started focusing on passive income and I just kind of fell into storage facilities. So since 2015, 2016, I've been investing in self-storage. Fantastic. And storage is one of those asset classes a lot of investors tend to gravitate towards because it's simpler to manage. The classic statement is you've got tenants with all their furniture, but none of the complexity of the people. So it's, it's a different type of investing, but it still gives you a very good dollar per square foot. Now, one of the criticisms of storage is that in a lot of primary markets, it's actually overbuilt. There's been a lot of saturation, a lot of REITs have come in. There's a lot of money chasing that particular asset class. If you can look at it even on a global basis, there's more storage per person per square foot in some of these primary markets than anywhere else in the world. What's the strategy? How does it work for you? And actually, I really, I completely agree with you. I think the primary market is totally saturated in many, many cities. And um, so what we do, actually, we focus on the secondary and tertiary markets and primarily tertiary markets. A lot of people say you can't make any money in tertiary markets. But the truth of the matter is, is, you know, if you learn how to run the numbers and if you learn how to look at the deals, there's some really great deals in some smaller cities out there. And that's what we focus on is the smaller cities, not the bigger cities in each of the states. Storage started out largely as a cottage industry. There's a lot of mom and pops. I think there's still a very large percentage of the industry that is independently owned and operated. And maybe those people are aging out of those businesses. The kids don't want to take it over. The grandkids don't want it either. Many of these businesses are maybe in their sunset. They've been kind of neglected for a long time. And do you see opportunities to value add and refresh those businesses as you take them over? Yeah, actually, every single facility that we bought, we we have nine as of now, we're closing on two more in the next month. They're all just mom and pop owners that have owned their facilities for 20, 30, 40 years. And honestly, everything that we buy is really a mismanaged facility. We focus on mismanaged facilities. That's our purchase. That's our value. add. That's what, that's what we're good at. And you see those a lot in the tertiary market. So that's why we really focus on those. So those mismanaged facilities, they're probably not keeping up with folks that haven't paid. They are probably only one or two income streams where there's the potential for maybe five or six, who knows? So there's probably an awful lot of opportunity for value add. And then they're probably spending too much on labor and not haven't invested sufficiently in automation. Yeah. So I can give you an example of one that we're, we're buying this month. Essentially, it's a small town in the panhandle of Florida. And and Florida is a great area to to invest in right now, especially the panhandle, because it's considered just like an affordable area to purchase property in. 
the owner has had this facility for 20 plus years, and he actually has a pine straw company. That's what he's focused on. And he bought, he bought a property where he had like land, and then there just happened to be a storage facility on the land. And so he was managing this facility for X amount of years. And what he told me was that the person that was really managing it, his office assistant, in the end, like after she retired, she'd been there for 16 years, he started looking at the books and she had been like taking money and then doing all kinds of stuff or whatever. So it's a typical story. Oh no. So he just wanted to dump this thing. And I talked to him and essentially what it is, it's on like two acres of land and it's 116 units and he wants to sell it. It's, it's completely full. It's making around $90,000 a year. So, I mean, it's, it's an income producing property. But what I love about it is that it's, it's, it's taking up about an acre of land and you can add another 100 units on that land. So that's kind of what we look at. And it's also full, right? So there's a need. And he said there's a wait list of like 20 or 30 people that are looking to, to move into that area and move into that facility. So we picked it up for 600 grand. And I said, so what are you going to, you know, I asked the owner, what are you going to do with that money? Like once you, you know, you get it, you're going to make like, you know, a lot of money. What are you going to do? And he said, I don't know. So you're going to pay a lot of taxes. I said, what are you, are you going to 1031 exchanges? And he said, no, I don't want a 1031 exchange because I don't want any more property. I'm done with property. And then I just said, well, why don't you just owner finance it to me? And he said, okay. He said, that's a good idea. Why not just owner finance it? So essentially that is kind of the stuff that I look at doing. It's an owner that really is just tired of the facility and he doesn't want to buy any more property and he just wants to offload it. Those are the kind of things that we look at. So you solved his tax problem. It's not a taxable event. And he got out of operating. You got it for a good deal. You got the financing without having to fill out hundreds of pages of underwriting with a major lender. A win-win. Absolutely win-win. Exactly. And we're going to add another 100 units on there. We'll do that in phase two. And then over the course of the next couple of years, we're going to like triple the value of that facility. I love that. I love it. So for folks that are looking at real estate's hyper-local, you know, and it doesn't matter what the asset is. It could be talking medical office. You could be talking residential, self-storage, what, what have you. It's all hyper-local. How do you decide, given that you're based in Georgia or sometimes you're RVing around the country, how do you decide going into a tertiary market where you don't live there, you don't have connections, you don't have, you know, part of the fabric of the community that this is actually a good buy? Well, so essentially we buy primarily in Georgia and Florida right now. We are looking in the Texas area and and, and we drive a lot from Texas to Florida and Georgia, Georgia back and forth. So it, like we're just looking in those areas, essentially wherever we're driving our RV because we, we live in an RV really for us, it's just like, is it on, is it in our path of like where we're, where we're focusing on in our travels and stuff. Now, you know, every do like last year, we went out to the West coast. We were just this summer, like in Missouri and stuff, whenever we're driving around and we find people, because what we do is we talk to owners directly. All right. So like, if I see a storage facility, I'll just give them a call. I'll give the owner a call and be like, okay, are you interested in selling this facility? They say, yes, we'll stop over and just introduce ourselves uh, because this is kind of like, especially with mom and pops, this is what they want, right? This is what they want. This is, this is how we get the best deals. So when we're driving around the country, if we find somebody that wants to sell and we purposely, like we don't want to buy it because it's just not in our area, what we do is we just wholesale it, all right? Or we'll, we'll sell it to, you know, to somebody and then we'll just partner or something like that and, and on the deal. 
most of the time we just wholesale those out. But for us, we really focus on like from Texas to Georgia, Georgia to Florida. And that's our market. And the truth of the matter is like the Southeast of all the markets in, in the storage investing world, all the markets across the country, the Southeast is really kind of like the hottest market right now. We're really in a good area to be able to not only purchase, but if we don't want to buy it, we could just partner or wholesale it off to somebody else. Now, all of these businesses, I don't care what it is, whether it's a hotel, a restaurant, a self-storage facility, these are all active businesses. And you know, you talked about buying what have been mismanaged facilities. So even if you buy it at a good price, you still got to turn this thing around. You still got to put the right people in place. It's still an active business, and you might get people to invest passively in your active business, but there's an active business component no matter what. How do you handle that part? Because that's, that's the heavy lift. Well, and that's, I'm glad that you brought that up because the truth of the matter is, is most people, all they think about is like, how do you find them and how do you fund them? But the truth of the matter is, is that when you invest in self-storage, you're buying a retail business. So you have to be able to run this, this business. And, and actually, the, and why would you invest in self-storage and not make it passive income? That's my personal opinion. So all the facilities that we've ever bought, I mean, the owners just get up every day and go manage this facility. And then they're opening up their gates and they're meeting tenants and signing contracts. For us personally, I mean, I haven't been to several of my facilities in years. And the reason why is because they're completely passive. So in the self-storage investing world, what's happening is that everything is what's now called contactless, right? So if you don't have like a contactless facility, then you're just not like in the 21st century. And what that means is that you have a software program that's running your back office. And, and then anybody that wants to rent a, rent a unit, they just go online and rent it. All of our tenants all go online. They rent their units. They get their code. As soon as they pay, they sign the contract and they pay. Then they get their code to get into the gate and get, get into their unit. And that's how we manage them. So we really, the only time that we ever have to go to a facility is like if we need to overlock somebody because like, you know, they haven't paid or we need to clean them out. Now we personally, we have like boots on the ground people. So the way that it works is we have around 1100 doors right now. We have facilities all across Georgia and Florida. So we have like, we have boots on the ground people. And they just go like and check on the facility maybe once every couple of weeks. They overlock, they clean up the trash. This kind of thing is what they do. Our company is basically, we for 1,100 doors, we have four people managing it. So it's my, my acquisitions person. His name is Chris. He goes out and he finds all the facilities for us. I am the money. I'm the money magnet. I'm the one that raises the money, right? So when, he, when, he, when Chris finds a deal, I'm the one that goes out and finds the money for the deal. And then we have my husband who manages our facilities and we are completely vertically integrated. So essentially we have Bonnie who's worked with us for five years and she's our operations manager. She's the one that handles all the tenants, the phone calls, this kind of thing. And then Chris, who's our acquisitions person, he also doubles as our boots on the ground person. So when he's out driving and talking to owners and trying to find facilities, he's also just swinging by a facility and making sure it looks good, cleaning up the trash and stuff like that. So essentially for around a thousand doors or so, we have four people to manage the entire process. That's amazing. Is there a particular target if you were to, let's say, consider a dollar per square foot in rent? Do you have a particular target that you aim for? No, because we buy mismanaged facilities. So we can't really look at like, the, like that would be like, that's like a primary market question. Right. That's an income producing. We talked about like the six different ways to invest in self-storage. That's an income producing 
questions. So if you ask like people that are buying in like secondary and primary markets, they would say like, oh yeah, I'm spending 3000 or 6000 a door or whatever it is or whatever price per square foot. But for us, I mean, essentially we're buying mismanaged facilities that, I mean, we bought a facility, we picked up a facility that the owner had owned that facility for 40 years. When I talked to him, he said, yeah, he said, I have like 105 doors is what he said. Now we buy small, because we buy, we buy smaller facilities. He said, I have 105 doors. And so and then we, as we walked around and started looking at the facility, we counted 120 doors. He wow. did not even know how many doors he had. That's a mismanaged facility. And a mismanaged facility for us personally is when I ask for the P&L and the balance sheet, they have nothing. In fact, I have, we bought one facility where I said like, you know, can you show me your numbers? You're making, you said you're making X amount of money per month. And what he did is he pulled out a notepad and he wrote down his units and gave me his prices and said, this is what I'm charging everybody. And that's the only thing that he could show. That's it. Wow. Those are the type of properties that we have. And then, and you know, you can buy like million dollar properties like that as well. $2 million. I have, I have a student right now. She picked up a $3 million property. They don't have anything to show for their 630 units that they have. I have another student. He picked up like he, he picked up a $1.5 million facility and the owner didn't even own a computer. Didn't even own a computer. He had 300 units and didn't even own a computer. That's a mismanaged property. And those are the ones that we target. So we target kind of around like a million dollar properties that are just completely mismanaged. And they're probably around 25 to 50% full or vacant, you know, whatever you want to call it, vacant. That's what we look at. Incredible. So it doesn't matter to you whether it's even carrying itself the day that you purchase it, or is that important? No, I mean, we don't even, like I said, we don't get numbers. We don't get anything from the owners. In fact, that a lot of them are all just cash and they like, essentially they just pocket that money is what they do. We have to go out and that's why I have to raise money. So I'm like, we're privately funded because we're buying all these mismanaged facilities. Like there's no bank that's going to you know, lend money on these deals. So we're, that's my job is I'm out there raising money and either, you know, getting, you know, debt on the deal or partnering with, with people on the deals. Amazing. So you talked about the six different methods. Why don't you run through those real quick? The six different ways that you can invest in self-storage, mismanaged properties, which most of the facilities, actually this one that I told you about, that's the income producing, that's our first income producing property that we're buying. Mismanaged facilities and income producing property. You can tell the difference between both of those by an income producing property. They're going to be like, here's my P&L, here's my balance sheet, here's my numbers, right? A mismanaged property, they're going to be like, oh, I've been only taking cash and checks for the last, you know, 40 years. Like I don't have anything to show kind of a thing. And then we have new construction. Everybody I talked to was always like, I got a piece of land that has to be a perfect for a storage facility, right? And in tertiary markets, I'm telling you, we are full with wait lists. Like I told you one that we're buying, it's the same thing. In the tertiary markets, there are wait lists. But in primary and secondary markets, it's harder to build. Primary, definitely we're oversaturated. Secondary is a little bit, you know, getting a little gray area. Tertiary markets and these smaller cities that have like 70,000 people in them or something like that. These are perfect areas for new construction. So new construction, and then we have developing and conversions. And this is another thing that you're going to see. And you see this, especially in the smaller towns, is these retail buildings that have just been sitting there for like months or years. They are all now being bought up and then being converted into storage facilities. And you're going to see more and more of that as well, too. And I think this is also a, gr- a great way to get into self-storage. It's just as long because you have to have money to do that. So in the beginning, you have some money to buy those, those facilities. But it's 
you can get a really good deal on the building and then it will just cost you some money to make it into a storage facility. But you can always just like drop pods in there and stuff too. Like I have, a, I have a really good friend of the industry. That's what he does is he buys like old warehouses and then he just goes in and drops pods. That's developing in conversions. And then you have wholesaling. I talked about this. We wholesale self-storage. So what that means is that like when you get out there and start looking for a facility, you really have no idea what you're going to come across. Now I'm talking about the way that I do it, which is I go directly to the owner. I go directly to the sellers and I ask them if they want to sell. So I'm not looking like I'm not looking online for facilities. Like I'm getting in there and doing all the dirty work myself. Okay. And so when you start talking to these owners, like the truth is, is that you have no idea what you're going to come across. Like you might come across like, you know, a, a $9 million facility. Like I have one student right now. He's like, this person wants to sell their facility for $9 million. Or you might come across somebody that has like, you know, $500,000 facility. But I always say, if it's a good deal, if it's a good deal and the numbers are working, we're going to put that thing under contract and we are going to go out and we are going to find a buyer for that deal. Right. And that is what wholesaling is. So essentially you go out, you find a seller that wants to sell. It's a good deal. You put it under contract and then you go and you find somebody to buy it. And then you just get a little cut in the middle is what you do. Right. Yeah. Just flipping the contract, basically. Just flipping the contract. Yeah. So we do that as well, too. And then finally, the last way to get into a self-storage is to lend. Right. So a lot of people just like, I don't really want to do any of that, but I want to make some money in it. And so you can lend and there's like ways that you can just lend to get like a lien on the property, or you can lend and partner with other people, or you can put money into a fund. Like we do have a fund. There's so many different ways to just get involved without actually doing any work. So those are the six ways to invest in self-storage. Fantastic. Well, Stacey, if folks want to learn more, if they want to connect, what's the best way? Just go to stacyrosetti.com. That's my website. And you can check me out. You can Google me. You can go on YouTube. The best way is just check out stacyrosetti.com. I do a free webinar every Monday night. So if you want to come and listen to me talk about self-storage, that's also available to you as well. Well, fantastic. Well, I'll put the link in the show notes. And for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Stacy at stacyrosetti.com. And that's spelled S-T-A-C-Y. Rosetti is R O. S-S-E-T-T-I. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.